0: Of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL Podcast (laughs) Wishes they were Barbara Sessler. Welcome
2: to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. Is that Where your did mom's name? It, Where did that come it from? It is no. her name. She oh. also listens to the show um somewhat religiously, so she's go- that's gonna probably throw her for a loop, as it did us and me. Defined somewhat is- religiously, like mm-hmm. lapster. Well, I don't wanna oh, or- I don't wanna commit her to it, but I think she listens to it a lot. Mm. Like almost every show. Dan hands and I'm
3: joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey Dan. I mean that absolutely threw me for a loop because Ricky w- with the money drops it, we basically crowdsource it. Yes. So does that mean some stranger a- on th- Twitter? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but but wait, you guys just you guys you guys just forgot. There was one episode like last month where Mark was like if I was a girl, if if I was Barbara Sessler and people didn't know that that was your mom. It was like they it sounded like you just came up with if oh, you were yeah. a female you would be Barbara Sessler. Hmm. So it's like a callback to your mm. own joke that you guys don't remember.
2: Not a lot of Barbaras being born today being named Barbara. It's not a hot, I wouldn't call it a hot, flaming hot name at the moment. It feels
4: like it peaked in the 50s and
2: 60s. Grandmother mm. well, was not, Barbara. Not calling it peaked,
3: but, you know. I don't know if I've ever met a Barbara that's under the age of 40, honestly.
2: I feel like it was Currently. removed as an option. I don't know why. Babs? I have a neighbor. Good, good nickname. Sort of Barbara, like how Gary's
4: going to be for men in the next... Yeah, any, any
5: Barbers I can think of were, you know, on television or movies and a while <laughs> ago. You know what? I say bring back Barbara. I think it's a very nice It'll
2: name. come back.
3: Babs? They Babs. all come They all come back eventually. Actually, my neighbor is a woman named Barbara. She's about 70, 75 years old. She's lived in the same house since she was a girl. So she's been on my block, and she's also the kind of cliche, older lady mm. that's always looking out the window and knows everybody's business. So she's a great resource. So I, I always keep <laughs> in touch with Babs. I call her Babs, and um, the first time I said it to her, said she went, oh my, no one has called me that in many, many years. Why? Does, wow.
4: Why does it not surprise
5: me that you have already enlisted a spy for your
3: name? Seriously.
4: <laughs> the,
5: the name Barbara was the number two ranked uh, name in the 30s and oh, had yeah. an, an amazing run where it stayed in the top 10, uh until 1960, now not even in the top 900. There you go. Yeah. Wow.
2: It's a versatile name, but I guess that
5: they, that's not valued anymore.
4: Taking a dirt nap. Save it for the Babs podcast. Mm.
3: All right. Um, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Um, we have a very nice show for you, and I, I love any episode where we can interface with the listeners. Uh, that sounded a little clinical. It did. Uh, but how about just communicate? That seems, That's a little warmer. Share something together. Share there it is. Share something together. So the mailbag uh, makes its return, and a nice job. Got some good queries um, this this time around. So we'll do that a little later. Uh, also, Greg, you are um, you you seem to be in good spirits and awake, but you've been up for a long time apparently, uh, <laughs> and it ties into our segment. Uh, what we're getting up early for. Mm. What did you get up early for? Well,
5: I, I had a, there was some French open action that oh I, was, I was excited to watch. <laughs> and I uh, got up around 5.15 a.m., a little later than I meant to but you know caught you know the matchup <laughs> <alert. laughs> it, it, it,
0: it
5: got me thinking sort of about Wes's uh, passion for the Reds right now is inspiring that, that's mm. the other thing like he gets home from a night out maybe he's had a couple of drinks or whatever he knows the final score, or he doesn't, he gets home at 11 p.m. He watches the entire Reds game until two in the morning. That is a, a level of devotion. It's almost inspiring, but I feel that way about some of it It's a madness.
4: I watch these games so I can have the film at my disposal. so in my mind, I can make future moves that will make the Reds better, even though I have no power to make any moves for the Reds.
5: And so you know, I, I do that for uh, big uh, Kane Ishikori matches, you know, in the Grand Slam. What are the football? What are the football things that are getting you up in the morning? It's been our job for a while here, but what still
3: gets those juices like flowing like a little kid? Now, I know you're a Red Sox fan, so you hate the Yankees, but do, do I inspire you that I watch like 150 Yankee games? Or <laughs> is it only because Wes <laughs> – I, I know the Cincinnati.
5: answer to that question. And he's the he – No, the that's Reds. fair. Your your fandom of the Yankees has been tried and true and consistent. I was just kind of blown – The Yankees a- are easy to root for. The Reds are hard. I was just kind yeah. of blown away. Do you, When he gets home – and he knows the score and then he starts at the beginning and then watches anyway. And the other day I texted him about like a game winning home run and he didn't respond for two hours later because he was avoiding texts and watching the game starting from the first inning. And you know, it's like this it's madness.
4: I, I agree so it is madness. six
5: games under five hundred
4: in May. Enjoy hey, this before the next you, two
3: Mays come around.
5: You this is
4: how I know you're not a real Reds fan, Greg, because anyone <laughs> with a pulse on the Reds know that they are now they're playing they well. are
5: ascending. And they will make the playoffs. You are you are an incredible diehard Yankees fan, though.
2: You watch every, not, every single game uh, too uh, yes. that back you possibly can. Right now well, had before. a successful right now. a blog as well for years that you could still find. It was marginally there. successful.
3: Yes, River and Sunset.
1: You yeah. had it on in the house before the wedding. You were in your tux.
3: That see that's and you that's were real watching family. it at the Loved house. Love the national pastime. It's well known.
2: I'm I'm. I had a baseball blog
5: too back in the day. Well, on that's, that is a B storyline. We all were baseball
2: writers. Dan's was a quite a that is, a quite, a, that is a, quite a thing you're the tennis guy I was unemployed tennis. I didn't even I didn't even like watching tennis five years ago I thought, I thought that ago. you played tennis this morning and now I find out that you simply probably rolled over in your bed and watched it on your phone or something I mean I had Less to go, I had to go out but. to
5: the main room make some coffee but All right. yeah it wasn't that impressive
3: alright so what do we what gets us up early in the morning for football let's start with some news
0: <laughs> hey oh Speaking of Ludacris, my favorite song, Roll Out by Ludacris. And tune in tomorrow. Maybe I'll sing it. Who knows?
3: (laughs) Charlie Casserly on NFL Network. Now, question. Did someone get in Charlie's ear and say, mention Ludacris? Or does Charlie Casserly, the former general manager, of course, of both the Washington Redskins and the Houston Texans, he's been on our show, uh, an older gentleman, uh, great guy Charlie does he actually know
2: totally organic Chris?
3: totally totally
4: organic based on his Instagram feed I think a lot of people might underestimate what
5: Charlie knows about many things hmm. well he's got a daughter uh, and that's a song that like plays at sporting events I have a feeling he that's a real thing that he knows that song Wow. All right. I don't think he has a CD. I, I don't the know other if that's reaction, my take. But
2: I know. We, we could have mined that topic yeah. a little from another angle as well, which is it does feel like producer fed, but I, I think we all believe that Charlie's versatile.
3: I actually know the answer. Um, <laughs>
2: oh. I'll tell you guys privately. Oh, no. All right. Let's
3: get into <laughs> the news oh. and oh. start. With, why would it be so disappointing to you? Well, just what a bad take I had. You know oh. What a disastrous way to start the show. Chris Harris and the Broncos have gotten a deal done. Uh, the cornerback, who was unhappy um, with his contract status, reached an agreement with the Denver Broncos to adjust his salary for 2019. He'll n- now be p- paid just a shade over $12 million, James Palmer reported Tuesday evening. Uh, Mike Kliss of Nine News first reported it, and the team later confirmed it. So Chris Harris in the building. This is a four-time Pro Bowl player, a one-time All-Pro selection. He turns 30 on June 18th, and that's a... Tricky number uh, for a number one cornerback. Uh, But, Wes, this is a move that keeps the Broncos in a good place defensively. There was talk that he could be trade bait around the draft. This is a much better outcome for this organization.
4: Yeah, it feels like all sides win here. He's he's going to be 30 years old. Um, Like you said, four-time Pro Bowler, still one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Their secondary sort of fell apart down the stretch when he was injured. And it still seems to me like this was all about making sure he gets as much or more than Kareem Jackson gets this year. Hmm.
5: That That's a great point. And, and it's doing right by a guy who's been one of the better bargains in the league for a while. It's a couple times late, lately that a team just decided to do right by a guy they didn't have to. The Patriots Edelman, this with Harris. You don't want that
2: employee coming in who's really not as good as you making more money. Can can cause a lot of problems. I mean, like, and not not every cornerback is the same, so – him turning 30 is different than some others turning 30 where they're about to fall off a cliff. But I don't have a problem with Elway doing this and assessing a year from now if they want to get into the free agent derby to keep him around post 30.
3: This is a very much a win now uh, defense in Denver, and that that secondary group with Kareem Jackson, who's uh, 31, and um, Harris, who's turning 30. That's you got to make hay. This is a big year. A big year for your team,
4: Wes. It's not my team. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking that, like you called it a win now defense. I think most people would consider this a win never offense.
5: Mm. I don't know. That's your guy, Joe. I mean, Joe Flacco. I've said most people. I believe in Joe Flacco. I, it's this, but it, it is Blue like, like a, Flacco. We'll find out.
4: It, it is, is sort of
5: 50-50 to me whether this offense is any. If good. the Colts and Broncos play, who are you going to root for? Those are the, clearly oh, the two West Colts, teams. of clearly. Like the Broncos are not one of my teams. I don't
4: know. No, we're a little there. bit. Yeah. Back. It's, more,
3: it's more a and Wes is right. I, he's what he's saying is truthful. He's invested in Joe Flacco being successful this year and that we could misconstrue that as saying he's a Broncos fan. But what all Wes needs is for Joe Flacco to be a top 15 quarterback and he's the winner. He doesn't need the Broncos to win 10 games. Hmm.
4: I like how you boiled this down to winning and losing on my end
3: because Mm. this might come back Their season's mostly about you at this point. (laughs) The the Denver populace doesn't know this. Uh, Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams and Todd Gurley. It's a topic of intrigue in the NFL, Gurley dealing with a knee condition that um, disconcertingly could be a long-term issue, not something that he could just show up in camp and be back to old Todd Gurley. So we'll see how it all plays out. For now, the Rams have a quote, uh, according to ESPN, specific individualized offseason plan for Gurley, and it does not include the star running back. Um, appearing in any team drills at OTAs. Uh, here's what Sean McVeigh had to say. That was what we felt like was the best for Todd when Todd and I sat down, and it's been really good so far, and we feel good about it. Mark, uh, do you read into this at all?
2: I don't know why they'd have him out there doing much more than nothing, because there it's. I, I think in, there is something going on with Todd Gurley that they have been a little strange about from the start, It's on my radar. I really think that the drafting of Daryl Henderson, who I think is a role player for them, but someone that Les Snead said gave the Rams an Alvin Kamara skill set that they wanted to use, that he could have a big role. I think it's just they've been kind of telling us whether we want to hear it or not for a long time that Todd Gurley is not going to necessarily go get 350 carries, that they are trying to elongate his career and keep him as healthy as possible. So why would you be putting him out there in late May to do anything right now. The
3: last three seasons um, for Gurley is age 22 through age 24 seasons. He's ranged between 256 and 259 carries. He's also had between 40 and 60 catches as well. So this guy has been a touch monster for them around, you know, probably averages around 300 touches a year in his career. I'm going to set the over under right here for you, Greg Rosenthal for Todd Gurley touches in 2019 at 237 and a half. Hmm. I was assuming I would go under
5: with every, any number you gave me. But that's I'm a, going way over. That's that a one. pretty low number. The, he has averaged in the last three years uh, over 320 touches per year. So that is a big drop off. That's a, this year's a lot different than last year, though. Yep. With what we're hearing. That's, I don't know. I, I might go under. Set it low. Here's the thing. I, I heard Steve Weiss talking about this, and the Rams are – saying this was the plan going into the offseason we have a you know a load management type of plan like in the nice. NBA and it's all this stuff no it's significant to me I think it's Quite significant. And I'm not, it's not an alarm bell, but Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Frank Gore and Lamar, like none of these other guys are, have these sort of plans. You know, they're not sitting out of OTAs because people think that there's value to
3: OTAs.
2: I think it's everything I think it's, we it's, it's don't eye-opening. know about Todd Gurley. It's eye opening. I agree I with you.
3: Let's move on to news involving Wes. Speaking of your. Uh, love of Cincinnati, their football team is the Bengals. And uh, head coach Marvin Lewis spent years and years and years and years there. Well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. He toiled. He toiled in Cincinnati uh, forever. Finally uh, parted ways with the team and was uh, unattached for a while. But now that is no longer the case. He has joined the Arizona State football staff led by head coach Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis together. And I have a statement from Herm uh, that I'd like to read. Can we, some missive music, please? Ricky Hollywood, if you have it. Marvin Lewis is one of the most respected minds in our game, whether as the winningest coach in the franchise history of the Cincinnati Bengals or the architect of one of the greatest defenses in NFL history, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Marvin has succeeded everywhere he has been, and he has done it the right way. His passion for teaching will be an incredible benefit, not only for our coaches, but also for the young men we are responsible for as students and athletes. Wes, Will there be – we talked about a reckoning on the last show, Greg, uh, the Sublime somehow getting a reckoning um, uh, 20 years later. Um, Will there be a reckoning years down the line where people will appreciate uh, Marvin Lewis a little bit more in Cincinnati than we do now where he's seen as a guy that hung around too long and never won? Hmm. I would guess not (laughs) because people are married
4: to their illusions and their narratives, and the narratives are that Marvin Lewis – Stayed around too long and wasn't that great of a coach. I maintain when you look at the history of what coaches have done under Mike Brown, Marvin Lewis is in a tier of his own, and he is way better than anybody Mike Brown's been able to get to coach that football team.
3: Hmm. Like the uh, we've talked about in the pod, when I interviewed former Cincinnati player Salmon Wilcox, former NFL Network personality for the pain rankings, Marvin Lewis raised <laughs> the Titanic.
2: Absolutely. I think also with the Bengals, when he went to Cincinnati, they were operating almost unlike any other team in the dark ages when it came to the draft. And oh. you look at some of their draft classes and the way that they built a lot of those teams you from can, inside out, that's where you'd want to appreciate him. But what is sports? You have to you have to show winning seasons, championship seasons. He, he does not be, need to be over-credited for what they achieved in January, which is nothing. To,
5: and he wants to stay in football, clearly. I mean, that's an interesting combination there, Her, Herman, Marvin Lewis. I just checked. Her, Marvin uh, Herman Edwards, 7-6, and six, second place in his division in the Pac-12 South
3: last year. But they were 7-6 and six the year before. So Marvin Flying. will serve as a special advisor. Finally in the news, uh, Mark, you, you sent this in our, our instant message client two days in a row as a news topic, so I'm going to give it to you here. Gonna throw, I'm going to tee you up here. Madden NFL 20, the um, venerable... Uh, franchise for, um, NFL football mm-hmm. on your home council, uh, console, the, uh, video game, weird setup. <laughs> uh, they added a play, uh, that all teams can use. It's called the Philly special and, um, the play, according to, uh, EA sports is Anthony white, uh, who confirmed this on the Eagle eye in the sky podcast last week. The play is listed under the pistol formation, but the set is called Philly. When you look at the play, it says Philly Special and then fake Philly Special. And as uh, Nick Tony, who writes for NFL.com, uh, added, uh, 67 fans signed a change.org petition. Six, they got all 67 of them. Uh, <laughs> to make make sure Philly Special made its way into Madden 20. I would imagine, Mark, you were responsible for 30 to 70, 67 of those signatures. Congratulations.
2: You know, I saw... Um, yeah. I, because this has been obviously bubbling up in in not only my timeline, but yours, Dan. And I saw the little, and you can go visit Dan's uh, replies and mentions if you want to find it. the little swat you took this morning. You know what I felt? Nothing. What was the swat? I want to hear it. it. I don't even It was that know. it's essentially nothing more than an option for like a, any any sort of two-point conversion play, was it's your just, argument. It, it's and that's so fine.
3: basic that it's in a playbook now. That's fine.
2: Game. We also were asked by the Associated <laughs> Press to rank the top 50 plays of all time and while the helmet catch that the three of you are so enamored by was in there, I found it interesting that there was a second helmet catch to pick from as well among the crop of top plays. So also unoriginal, but I this time what's around the doesn't other, everybody run the Philly special? What's the other helmet catch? Antonio Brown. I didn't know. I didn't know that one. I didn't either. That the top fifth. I mean, I know well, what, it now. I know my, my top, play, 50, but you don't even think
5: about that. Yeah. least.
2: Point being, I mean, almost nothing in football is that original. Let's start there, and I, I feel nothing at this point by your slings and arrows. I don't really; it doesn't; it has no meaning to me. This,
3: for listeners, newer listeners, to show Mark lost the sandwich uh, prop, uh, the Super Bowl because he well, I just didn't win it. He said in the Super Bowl fifty-two uh, preview show that uh, there would be a play that would become the most famous play in NFL Super Bowl history, uh, and Mark is sticking to his guns that Philly Special is the most. Um, important, famous play in the history of Super Bowl. I am sticking. Just think how ridiculous that sounds. Just me even setting it up.
2: Well, it doesn't sound ridiculous to many people. It simply isn't what no, you I, believe, and you're the host, I, so you can pound your little message home as much as you want. I think it's... It's, it's, <laughs> it's the, you and Eagles fans. It's, easily, it's not me and Eagles it's fans. It's
5: easily the most influential second-quarter play in a game that was going to have four more lead, lead changes.
2: Well, you got your little bit in two, and that's that's fine. Wes, whenever you are whenever you want to roll on and in it, with your David Tyree scenario. Well, 67 people for the... It's <laughs> you asked for this one. I don't care about the 67 people. That is a weak statistic in, it sounds in, more in, like a yeah. roundup than a petition. That's a mess. That's pretty weak. That's though. not the 67 that, fans. That's not what I would be leaning on as my argument. That 67 people signed a petition. <laughs> I got to go, go not introduce a, myself. That's to sad. Tony I mean, Bradley. that's, that's a, pathetic. That's, that's a sad little petition. Or, or how about this? What if you're Madden and I'd have no? Pr- I think it's good they put it in the in the game. Why not have more fun? Are you swayed? to change the foundation of your programming (laughs) by 67 people. I find that interesting because we could get 67 people to get anything into that game, apparently. Apparently. That's fair. That's fair. A Bengals team dressed in pink. Might be an upgrade. Let's do that. Uh, That's what's happening in
3: the news. Okay, let's get into it. Um... Greg got up early for the French Open. I mean, it just to me it seems crazy. But I, listen, I'm not a tennis fan. Maybe if it was like the Yankees are playing in London against the Red Sox in uh, July, maybe that game's early. I don't know. I would get up for that. So I don't. Yeah, really and there's only you. a couple of these Grand Slams a year. Well, there's
5: four, but the, a couple really in our our wheelhouse of the off season. Where and your wife, wife is
3: pushing event. your wife, Emeka a great woman, good to spend time with her Uh, a couple weeks ago at the West uh, Lakeisha Nuptials. She's pushing hard for you guys to be back East. Uh, What about the idea of you would not have to be waking up before the sunrise if you were living in New Mm. York like your wife wants?
5: Yeah, for the most part, uh sports schedules are much better, I would say, on the West Coast, but Or
3: travel it, further east
5: and go to France. But when it comes I agree with you. when it comes to tennis, uh, I would say it's it's a little worse overall, although you get a little edge with the Aussie Open. I mean, tennis, it's everywhere. That's true.
2: Counter argument, your children become sports fans, which they already are, and they're up till sure. 1 in the morning watching Monday night right. football on the East right. Coast. Oh yeah. I think it's on much balance, better
3: for football, yeah. It was a huge boon. For an East Coaster to come to the West Coast. Like, yep. I love... We're talking about baseball. A lot of the games start at 4 p.m. That is beautiful. I love it. Oh, by the time my wife is home, she doesn't have to... When we lived in New York, <laughs> she got totally... Get, uh, she got banged, and not and not in a good way. She would have to sit there and watch the Yankees. Uh, now, when she's <laughs> home from work, the Yankees are done. They're wrapping up. Chapman's on the mound.
2: It's a good situation for you and Emma. For us, Sunday night yeah. football. Yep. So you're saying us- now that... Now that she gets banged in I a mean, good it's, way? It's <laughs> more. a much more positive scenario now. This is the family podcast, Greg. You said it.
4: <laughs> I used to love when I was younger, like pulling down a West Coast Vince Scully game or like a UCLA basketball game back when the O'Bannon brothers were playing. Dan sweating that was suddenly. fun because
2: you could stay up late and you could watch it. You feel like
4: you're getting away with something. Or you're like sure. March yes.
2: Madness where they'd click over to the West Coast games late. I missed the Sometimes. East Coast Side of it, but not as a parent, not as all that stuff. Also, with technology, you can
4: watch a game the next day on your own time, whatever.
3: As Damashek once said in a, a different situation, when we would go to a Dodger Stadium game, a day game, you're you're cheating life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're watching daytime sports, sometimes. Okay, that's what's happening. There's what? What? Uh, oh no, I already did that. Now we're talking about what you're getting <laughs> up early for. Okay? Oh, yeah, we started that. Yeah, That's we started we, that. <laughs> That's how that whole thing started. Um, so what are we getting up early for, um, figuratively, um, for the NFL? And Greg, uh, this this is a great uh, great t- segment idea that you came up with, so I want you to start it, uh, get the group going here. Sure. I, when I, I thought about this, the the first name that came to mind. Mike has the French Open on. No, I his just computer checked it right quickly. <laughs> watching <laughs> it now, the Yankees are playing right it's now. It's in the, the background.
5: It's in the background. We've had sports up there. Relax. Uh, <laughs> what uh what what was the first name that comes to my mind? It was Lamar Jackson, and I and I then I went through all the teams and all and Mark's getting a scowl on his face right. No, now. no, I can no. See it. No. He's still
3: thinking about the Philly special. Uh
5: and I tried to actually go through all the teams and what what else would it be? Is like that the, is the first the answer, not not the right one. But he really is the thing I'm most excited about is watching that offense. He made a little bit of news this week by saying he didn't know they were installing an entirely new offense under Greg Roman uh, until he showed up for OTAs, which is curious in in, yeah. in general. I don't know what to make of it, but it's curious. Maybe it's because the, the offense isn't going to be that much different. Greg Roman was very involved, but when Greg Roman was running the 49ers, i I was so excited for that Colin Kaepernick uh, his the first season where he took over and then the first full season he had as a starter and now it's 6 years later and the rest of the NFL is doing something totally different with spread offenses but the Ravens have this vision of how they're going to run offense it's going to have a lot of tight ends it's going to have a lot of running I think Lamar Jackson's going to be underrated as a passer and just on a week to week basis I am so excited to just see that like that that is what's got my juices flowing more than anything else for the 2019 season
3: you're invested in Lamar Jackson I've sensed that since he took the job I think From it's Joe just Black. fun to
5: see when teams are zigging when the rest of the league is zagging and I love running quarterbacks I've, I've always like wanted like the running quarterback uh concept to work on a more consistent level like I love watching Cam Newton Cam Newton's been one of my favorite you know players to come into the league certainly uh and that's worked on you know a certain level and parts of it's been fun but I think the Ravens are doing it with a commitment that we haven't seen I I I can't really think of a team that's been as different as I I think the Ravens will be with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman's got some uh skins on the wall your old buddy Mark Sessler some proof that he can maybe do it and think outside the box not my buddy some pelts anymore
4: notice you didn't uh mention the last year or two he had in San Francisco
5: no. And then it went horribly. And maybe this – I don't know if this is going to stay in pair. I don't know. There's no way to really know. But I think the NFL is changing, and there's room for different ideas. And they're a team that loves having tight ends on the field anyways, and they're going to do that. They're going to run.
3: I thought they were fun to watch at the end of last season. All right. So that's what Greg's getting up early for. Wes, what are you getting up early for?
4: Well, when I thought about this, there was a first place and then a distant, distant second place and everyone after. Mm. I'm getting up early for Baker Mayfield to Odell. That was my number two. Baker to yeah. Odell, and you can throw in Chubb and the rest of that offense. To me, I want to see what similarities are there to the 2007 Patriots with the spacing that Odell Beckham's going to provide, the downfield threat. Jarvis Landry may be in the Wes Welker role. Chubb is a better running back than anybody on the 2007 Patriots. Antonio Callaway in the Dante Stallworth mm. role. I, wow. T- I'm excited about this offense. Comparing him to one of the best offenses of the last – 20 years. I well, could be totally wrong. It's just a vision I have.
2: I don't think that you're – I think there's – why would you be wrong other than the fact that I don't know what the 2000 Patriots did up front on their line, but you know they, they were, were well great. coached as they always are. And Cleveland, to me, has question marks. And we've mentioned this every time with the Browns. Left tackle, right tackle, and frankly, you're going to be starting a second-year player that barely played last year in the interior line too. So that all needs to work out. Or what? Like you can't have Baker Mayfield running for his life back there. I mean, they the way they coached a pretty questionable line last year at the tackle spot is encouraging. They were pretty can good.
5: You do that twice. Their their line was fine last year. It didn't really especially get in at their post their way. Hugh Jackson. Right, post
4: Hugh yeah. Jackson. They, it was. He was Baker was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the league when Freddie Kitchens was calling.
5: And I mean, that was my other. That would have been my second option. I just figured in this room. I mean, who? How could that's, he not be excited that's about Baker?
3: You're bringing up the. 2007 Patriots, which, which to me, there are other offenses that I think have even surpassed them now with yardage. Uh, there was a couple other. What was uh, the Broncos in 2000? Right, but that's, but I'm saying 13. But I think that's the that's standard. the best, and yeah. I and I think uh, the only thing I would say to that is Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback ever at the peak of his powers that season. Could Baker make? But the goal heading into that season, that?
4: he had never even thrown for 30
3: touchdowns, much less 50. Right, but I'm just saying the idea Mayfield would have to take a pretty huge leap to be Tom Brady. I mean, I think if, if you take the Baker Mayfield
4: of
5: November and December, he could easily throw for 40-plus
3: touchdowns mm. this year.
5: We love Let's quarterbacks, ultimately. And like to me, Mayfield's the most exciting quarterback to come into the league, I don't know, since I've been covering it. I mean, luck is up there. But in just in terms of my hopes of what his career might be like, I don't know. I, there's not no one else I can think of sparked that much excitement, or at least in my mind, going into the second it's year.
4: A big part of sports. It's one of the reasons why Favre remains my favorite quarterback to watch of all
3: time because he was the most fun. Mark, how about you? What are you getting up for? Besides the Browns.
2: Can I give you an A and a B? Because yeah. I I like a little I like chaos um, more than I can't wait to watch this three technique you know battle <laughs> wits against a guard. So. Two things, and it actually to counter Greg, um, you would think I would never an abacus in a chessboard. (laughs) There's some brawn involved, I believe. You would never think I'd go Ravens, but I think that we may get um, in this newfangled offense, and and I do think that you've got the right coordinator there to do it all. Taysom Hill, part two, potentially with Trace McSorley because they've already come out on record. John Harbaugh multiple. That's what gets you up in the morning. Well, really? j- just that because, no. You. Wow. Because I have actually <laughs> a, a, B, and C because part B would be the Cardinals offense because it's new. And we've already dug into that a hundred times. But the idea that they have this guy that they're going to use all over the place in an offense that I think will be very unpredictable with the Ravens to begin with. And they didn't draft him to be a non-quarterback. They said they're going to use him all over the place as a quarterback too. I like that kind of player. Taysom what? Hill is one of my most Intriguing guys out there last year to me. I think that's fair. I wonder if Trace McSurley's going to make the
4: team. Hmm. Is he a seventh round draft pick or a sixth round draft pick? It's yeah, I'll I'll part, it's, it's part. Of I think of he piece, will though. make the
2: team. It's... I'm banking on that, or my point has zero oomph <laughs> behind it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my third thing. How about what Taysom Hill does for a second time around the league? Well, that's 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 right up there too. My third thing is which desperate team just before the deadline trades a second round pick for Colts' backup, Jacoby Brissett. It's going to happen. You think they're getting a second? For- yes, I think Ultra Chaos is going to unfurl for two or three teams, and there's going to be a bidding war for Jacoby Brissett. Wait and see. I like this. Book it. Because
5: Mark- if chaos does happen, then you could the Colts could right. hold the team over a barrel or and Mark's, get that second. Mark's been in the take game a long time. You don't want to be the last person to the take. Anyone shows up on
2: McSorley Corner for <laughs> Br- Brissett, Brissett Fever? Mark's like I'm already there. I'm already there. The corner is crowded. Pick a new corner. The Brissett <laughs> one's actually because
3: Brissett, you would think like that peak corner was a couple of years ago. You're getting back in when everybody kind of moved on from Brissett. So you, I like to come here. You've come out on the other side of take corner, and you're back on <laughs> first take.
2: I, well, I I don't know if I was there to begin with, but I'm I am there late, but I'm the only one there now.
3: Which Second a, rounder, you think?
2: That I know that sounds insane but if you if, if it's also a team that is sort of shifting in the wind with the which what I would imagine be an injured quarterback or two in front of them that may not be the future that's not a crazy thing to give up if the, per, if It'd the have to be like a Vikings team percent. that's like five
5: and two or something like that right you know and loses cousins,
2: right or maybe,
5: at the end
4: of the year right and he was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL when he played
3: that's all in the past the future is bright. What gets me up in the morning is kickers. You know that <laughs> everyone, knows that. you know, uh, it's that's true. it's all I care about. So um, I decided to take a spin around the league just to see w- some of the good, like solid kicker battles, and like Wes's. Oh, the the 2019 Browns are going to be the 2007 Patriots. Oh, that's fine. I'm more interested in the 2019 Browns kicker battle. Let's start there, uh, where uh, Greg Joseph, who you know, Mar- Mark, you know, up and down last year. To be kind.
2: Yes, to be kind. Uh,
3: And he got Austin Seabird in there as well. And Mike Pryper, who's uh, the new special teams coordinator, he likes both options. And uh, he had this to say, they're getting better as well. Uh, It's a work in progress, but they are both very strong, very talented. I'm excited where they're at. Uh, And it's a fluid competition in Cleveland. Mm. Uh, Spinning on to the Giants where Aldrich uh, uh, Rosas, Rosas, One of the best kickers in the league. One of the best. Uh, And you would think, oh, he's got it done. Uh, Pro football focus had him as the best kicker in the league. I think he was second to All-Pro last year. Um, He is only the fourth Giants kicker ever to make the Pro Bowl. Well, why is Joey Sly in the building? (laughs) Camp leg. Uh, Camp leg, perhaps. But Rosas, uh, Joey Sly. Joey Sly. Yeah. That sounds like a name you made up. <laughs> uh, he kicked for uh, VTech from 2014 Mafia. through 17. That Tech sounds like a damn name. VTech. Hey, hey Joey Sly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, VTech Sly, mm-hmm. he was very good actually. He was a four year starter. All Atlantic Coast Conference that's (ACC) selection, <laughs> Semi-finalist for the Lou Groza Award, which is presented, of course. I mean, just, <laughs> to the top kicker. How about you win the award? I'm not
4: really impressed with
5: your semifinalist. <laughs> wait, wait is there a, are there also finalists, or does that mean yes. he's like in the final three?
4: Uh, he's like, well, he didn't
2: even make. Val- finalist <laughs> also means you didn't win, by the way. So, right. well, he was in the
3: conversation.
2: <laughs> okay. Anyway, a very long so conversation. Joey Sly.
3: He was signed after a a, um, a tryout. Uh, this month, and he's a long shot because Rosas, Rosas, um, really had a nice year, but he also struggled. Aldrich did. I'm just going to call him Aldrick uh, mightily in 2017. So I think the Giants are hedging their bets. Uh, they're going to bring in Joey Sly, <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> and if uh, if he kicks well in the summer, they'll either give him a practice squad designation or say, "Hey, mm. don't lose our number. We're going to see how Aldrich <laughs> looks." Spinning forward to Chicago, we know where we're going on here. What's going on Blue here? It. Chris blew it can't believe that's his name, Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro, all in the mix, and um, safeties coach of the Bears, Sean say doesn't think he's ever seen that many kickers under one roof. When I coached in college, we might have had that many on our roster when you have 150 guys. And this was interesting. That's kind of a shot. That's the most high-profile one for sure. For sure, for the Bears' first OTA practice. You use one of them, like Trace McSorley, if you need to. <laughs> the goalposts looked a little different. They had a second set of uprights built within the standard uprights, mm. narrowing the target space. Uh, Pinheiro was the only guy with real kicking experience in the NFL. Missed the narrow uprights on a second and final attempt uh, with a few. Uh, Maybe given more than two unit. attempts. So, uh, that's the situation. Mm. Moving on to San Francisco, we've oh. got an interesting situation <laughs> going on with Robbie Gold, who is one of the more accurate kickers of the last 10, 12 years in the NFL, and he's, uh, he's unhappy, though. Uh, they, the Niners slapped him with the franchise tag, and he wants out. He wants a trade. Well, guess what? Your boy, um, Mark Sessler, Kyle Shanahan, says, we're not going to trade him, and we also know this is his last year here. So, the writing's on the wall. Um, meanwhile... And this, is, this should be interesting uh, to you. Jonathan Brown, they brought him on the roster, so he's kicking. Maybe a Camp Lake, maybe in case of emergency situation, if Gold retires, is, does something. Gold puts his house on the market in Chicago. Now, why is that important to know? The Bears and Gold have a rich history together.
1: The history is very rich here.
3: And he, Gold has made no um, uh, secret about wanting to get back to Chicago. And we know the Bears, as we just talked about, have a very difficult situation cooking right now with their kicking game. It would be a match made in heaven, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gold, yes, he puts his house on the market, so, oh, he's given up on his Bear dreams? No, he's building a new <laughs> home in the Chicago area. Oh, 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 true.
5: Your move, Shannon.
4: Wait,
3: where's
5: the Jonathan Brown part we're interested in?
3: Uh, that He's in the building. Just (laughs) keep that in mind. Uh, That's just uh, something to keep in the back of your mind. This is not just gold alone on the roster. So he might be on San Francisco right now, Robbie, but guess what? He's building a house in Chicago. That's where he'll be kicking in 2020 Mm. at the latest. A couple couple (laughs) more real quick. Oh, keep going. The Vikings have just hired Nate Kading as their – Um, part-time consultant Tom Pellicero reported. Now, Nate Kading, why is that name ringing a bell? Nate Cading had a nice career in the NFL, kicked about 10, 12 years, uh, mostly at the Chargers. For a while, was the most accurate kicker in history. Yes, he retired with a good point, Wes. He retired with an 82.4% career percentage. But he missed that kick against the Jets. He missed three kicks. (laughs) Yeah, but but those those who can't do...
2: They teach, it's baby. also true now for he's a every teacher. kicker
3: but Vinatieri. They end up missing kicks that ruin their career. In the 2009 AFC Divisional Playoffs against the Jets, Kading missed three field goals, including Ooh. 37 and 40. He also missed one against the Jets as a rookie in 2004 that cost That's the San Diego Chargers. So he, he had some down moments, but he's in the building. And remember, entering his sixth season, Mike Zimmer uh, is on his fourth kicker, Dan Bailey, it, currently in the building, but Bailey's kind of shot. This is turning honest. into performance art. Right um, <laughs> he replaced Daniel Carlson, who replaced, of course, Kai Forbath. Kai's Kai, who replaced Blair Walsh. And we remember what happened with Blair Walsh against the mm. Seattle Seahawks he gone. in the uh, playoffs that fateful cold day. Finally, my favorite <laughs> kicker battle to track. And a lot of people are saying Chicago. Mm. Uh, what I'm all about right now is what's going on with the Bucks right now. Cairo Santos. He's the incumbent. And he, he brought some stability uh, to the Tampa Bay roster, which was reeling from the Robbie Aguayo bust at the second round a couple years back. Well, guess what? The Bucs didn't get scared. They said, we're going to go back to the draft. Well, we're going to use a fifth round pick on Matt Gay. And this is a big kid. Seabass out of the league. That guy was built like a linebacker. We'll take a look at the figure on Matt Gay. Uh, he's got a big leg, and this is – he is obviously the favorite here. Jason Light, the Bucks general manager. He's a big guy with a big leg, but he's also accurate. Uh, he, he kicks in Utah, but he's also good at sea level. Uh, Chris <laughs> Bonial, remember him from Dallas? Yes. Um, my history in coaching when I was in Dallas, it's always been – Go get a free agent, and let's make the best of it with the most competitive guys you can get. So, yes, Gay is in the lead. Vote Gay, you would think, if uh, you had to make a pick, who's going to be the kicker. But keep an eye on Cairo Santos, who doesn't leave the league easily. That is wow. what I get up in the morning for.
2: I'd say this, your extremely uh, dense update won me over with the late music.
4: Well, the, the music was nice. Um, I have a question, follow-up question on your sermon there. Yes. Um, what exactly are you getting up to watch? The narrow uprights <laughs> kicking? Them actually kicking in week one? Like, well, which they part footage, of it are you getting up
3: to? Uh, reading the reports. The drama? The, the drama, battle? The lead up with the oh, okay. mini, uh, you know, OTAs and then uh, mm. minicamp. So then, of you want to be a fly camp. on
4: the wall in OTAs, in training camp practices. To I want to be see- a fly on one of the narrow
3: uprights. And I just want to Fair see enough. it all. I just want to watch the world burn. Mm.
4: Fair enough. A fly on one of the narrow uprights. I. I what a I, vantage point.
5: Right. Get up really high, and, and Greg Joseph will not hit you because he's he's the one kicker in the league that's trying to revolutionize the sport with only line drive kicks. <laughs> oh, I know. I've I, never, seen, well. I've never
2: seen, seen such a thing. <laughs> never he's
5: going with a low angle. Well, not
2: with Austin Siebert there. He's going to come in there and correct uh, the way he Mike Pryper likes the battle.
3: All right. Uh, oh, we have an ad read. Let's move on. So there you go. That's what we get up in the morning for. Omaha Steaks. Here we're at it again. This Father's Day, give Dad a gift pack with Omaha Steaks, the ones he craves. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AROUND in the search bar for seventy four percent off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. That's a two hundred thirty five dollar value now for only fifty nine ninety nine. Now, uh, Ricky. I don't even know what to order. There's so many great options.
1: They have so much, Dan. Like what? Like they have two tender filet mignon.
3: That's the nicest cut kind of meat you can get in the business.
1: Yeah. And also two bold top sirloins. Wes, mm. you
3: ever put that in the Jules I have not done the sirloin, no. I feel but like it's a good natural fit.
1: What about two savory pork chops? I've done pork chops. <sighs> oh, what yeah. about four Omaha steak burgers? Too good. much. Next wow. on my list. What else? Oh, my God. Four massive gourmet jumbo Franks. You know, that one I'm going to have to come around on. But I like that it's
3: here and I'm, and I'm keeping an open mind.
2: Yeah, but your children would enjoy, I believe, hot dogs. Right. yeah, you're, meal.
5: You're cooking for this many people. It's the party pack. Right. You want to have a variety because different people have different tastes than yourself. Well, let me right. tell you what's going on with the Franks these days. You know, back in the day,
4: it used to be all the, you know, the bits of the animals that nobody wanted because you don't want to throw that away, what these gourmet companies are doing. You, you're throwing the brisket in there. Sure. You're throwing mm. the best cuts of meat into your franks, and now you've
3: got a great sausage. There you go. Wow. Yeah, well four
1: mass wieners, um, four crispy chicken fried steaks.
3: That's good. I had never had one. My wife's from Texas. Uh, oh, they're so good. What and, is it? A chicken fried steak is basically a steak. That's uh, fried. That's fried, but With it grain. has the, what you see on fried chicken, that oh. type of batter around it. Drop it. It's not healthy, but it is delicious.
4: It delicious.
3: Yeah, with the right, it's underrated. You can't. It's,
5: yes. it's not an everyday thing, but it's underrated. Go to Greg. go to a southern state. Okay? Fort Worth, <laughs> Texas.
1: Have it. you ever had all beef meatballs? probably. Well, they're in they're in this too.
3: <laughs> that would be good. Order now and get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix package valued at $235 for just $59.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type code around into the search bar. That's omahasteaks.com. Type around into the search bar to get the Father's Day Steak Fix package today. Father's Day's coming up, a couple of weeks away, and
2: um, Now it's our time. It's up. Yes. Enough with Mother's Day. <laughs> Let's get to what happens. Wasn't one there, but. Well, I mean, if you are a parent, you know that Mother's Day typically is a day where the mom, in some cases, in urban settings vanishes for the entire day and <laughs> dad is thrust into a 13 mm. or 14 hour parenting scenario. Well, now it's Father's Day. What's going to happen? Mm. It's going to get real. Where are you going? Well, what about Barbara, What about Barbara? Well, it's different when it's your mother. I, I wish only uh, rest and relaxation <laughs> for her on any day.
3: That's fair. All, All right. right. Let's get into the mailbag. Uh, we asked for questions. You gave them. Uh, you gave us some great topics to chew on. Uh, Wes, we'll start. Uh, the, the wedding now, it was uh, almost two weeks ago. Well, not a week and a half ago. Uh, and people are asking, Cody Winters, uh, Lego Bucks fan, who caught the Paramore's bouquet? There was no throwing of bouquet. There
4: was no garter belt stuff. We didn't do all the traditional. There was no thing. cake. Oh, yeah, you skipped the cake thing. Nice move. Oh, there. yeah, you didn't cake, do the cake, the cake either. Cake over it. No,
3: we had cupcakes and like a sweet station. Right. I, n- so I didn't, didn't think that's the first wedding that didn't involve the cutting of the cake and the putting it in each other's face and
4: Well look, I don't need any of that stuff and if Lakeisha says she doesn't
5: need it, that's music to my ears. Plus, it, good. It's like at that point in the wedding, you're ready to just start letting loose. loose let's have yeah. let's have let's right. stop. Not with for the, the poppin' circumstances. Circumstance. My
4: responsibilities are over for the night.
2: And the and the tossing <laughs> the bouquet thing, which I you know, it's I like it because it's sort of a wild card scenario. Um it's a pressure cooker, I think, for the collection of women trying to catch the bouquet. That's why where they're it's out paid. there because you uh, you haven't figured anything out on yeah. the romantic front and now you've got to win in this athletic it's event. It's like a, a combination
3: of some sweat, a little bit of desperation, and then, you know, some, some fun as well.
2: But it's also enjoyable
3: aspect. I yeah. think
4: it's meant for people in their twenties. And like Lakeisha's, you know, late thirties, I'm in my forties. There's less of a there's not as many people left to catch the bouquet.
3: That's fair as well. All right, let's move on. Poop Stokes says, uh, has this to ask, how come Doug Peterson gets no love as a head coach? Won the Super Bowl with a backup along with a playoff game the following year. There's an argument he's better than NFL glory boy Sean McVay. I think Doug Peterson gets a ton of credit. I,
4: I never understood these, why does not get... Why doesn't he get any love? Things because I've heard nothing but love for Doug Peterson for like two and a half years now. He wrote a memoir. Well,
5: anybody
2: he's doing can fine.
4: Well,
5: I'm just. I saying. know where it's this like is coming from. Of- the Eagles fans were upset. There was some ranking because. Because I remembered in my mentions where McVeigh was second and Peterson wasn't in the top five or something, just by some random. I think it's a right little bit over.
2: I think he got hurt because, namely, had Frank Wright not taken the Colts job and Josh McDaniels had, we would still be puzzling over who was doing what with the Colts or with the Eagles. And Frank Wright did not help Doug Peterson at all by going to Indianapolis and totally transforming that team. It's a fair point.
5: It'll change quickly if Carson Wentz is. Half as good as like the OTA reports, which is like he's lighting up the skies.
3: <laughs> but I, I is that what they say? It? To your point, to, to Reich, Reich obviously went to Indy and had a great year. But Peterson, they had they won or they got a playoff spot and they won a playoff game. So Peterson didn't right come in the terribly end, But in that's the why
2: I don't think he's. I don't think yeah. anyone's like thinking. Oh, he's actually the twentieth best coach. He's, he would be in my top five. Yeah,
3: he's on the right side of the. Um, what what did we decide was the? I I call it the Garrett scale, but I, I people weren't in agreement.
4: Oh, because Garrett is quite obviously below the average, the
2: I, median. I
5: find him to be the prime radium, but I was curious. That could work. The Garrett
2: scale. I mean, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was Marvin been. Lewis. It's everything Bengals fits right in the middle. So,
3: <laughs> uh, Richard at not that hunter asks. I'm a fan without a team, having abandoned the team that left San Diego, that being the Chargers. I'm thinking of becoming a Packers fan. Can I make the change before Rogers retires without being a bandwagoner? Interesting.
5: Yes, I think the fact that the Chargers left you, you can do whatever you want. And who knows, if you get sick of the Packers after a few years, jump around. I don't know. There's no rules for you now.
2: I think it's twofold. You cannot be killed for picking a new team when what happened with the Chargers happened. Totally cool with that. You cannot jump on the Packers and not... Absorb people calling you a bandwagon. You just gotta let. You gotta own it. You gotta explain why, and you gotta. That's own where it. your heart's leading you, though. That's fine, oh, though. But you, you can't. You, you're jumping onto a a night into a nice scenario. It's
4: most rewarding when it's organic. You can't just say, "Oh, I like watching Rodgers." It has to be like during the season. You just find yourself pulling for this team, and then over and over, right. that keeps happening.
5: Like Wes and the Broncos. Wes
3: <laughs> is <laughs> like, "Get me to my honeymoon. Get me out of here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, Justin Frick uh, asks, uh, what take did you have that crushed you the most when it turned out to be wrong? Ooh. What, I mean, no shortage of uh, options here for any of us here in the studio. We've done um, like 900 episodes. So, uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Uh,
2: there's a lot. Um, honorable mention, anything I ever said about Colt Lairla, uh, the tight end who <laughs> came and went very quickly, who I was convinced was Gronk part two. Um, I remember <laughs> lighting up. Did they have legal issues? Or yes, yeah. as did I believe the next person I'm about to mention, although maybe to a lesser degree. Um, when the Browns did not, after uh, all the. Players were cut in training camp, signed Duran Carter to become their oh, number yeah, one wide receiver. That. And I spent, I think, upset. large parts of Sunday into Monday texting the upset. three of you super <laughs> annoyed at Ray Farmer and the Browns. That's a low moment. Perhaps he knew what he was doing, Ray Farmer, back then. Briefly. The Anything else? Those are your two? Uh, I think oh. the fact that I wrote a letter to Zach Mettenberger did not um, come out too I thought well. you were Trying maybe
3: going to go
5: with um, maybe the most famous making the leap of them all. Toby Gerhardt.
2: Well, I mean, anything with making the leap was suspicious. But I mean, I, I started writing every Browns quarterback since we've been doing the show. I mean, there's no end to... I thought Eric Mangini was Bill Belichick Part 2 during part of late, latter stages of 2009. Who
3: knows? Um, Browns Draft Day? That movie? Review?
2: That, you know what? I hate to shatter it because I still get 20 of these mentions a week. It, it's not even in my top 200 movies. Not even close. You're out of
0: your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> 20 mentions a week on draft day. Wow. I, well, when our friend um, Connor Orr did a breakout special on draft day a couple weeks ago.
3: Right. For right. SI.com, yes.
2: Yes. Just, it's like yeah, that, I'm logging off Twitter yeah, for that, the week. And I'm sure I, I, he did a great job with it, but I I got pulled into it.
3: It was full of heart from start to finish, they say. They do. Wes? There are many different
4: ways for human beings to be wrong, and I feel like I've run the gamut on all of them. Uh, But have you ever heard the uh, Jackie Robinson story about loud wrong? No. So 1947, (laughs) he is a rookie, and there's also a pitcher on the Brooklyn Dodgers named Dan Bankhead who was a Negro League veteran. So there were two black guys on the 47 Dodgers, and they were in the clubhouse arguing and Don Bankhead turns – Don Bankhead's in his 30s at the time. He turns to like a 22-year-old Jackie Robinson and says, Jack, not only are you loud, you're loud. You're Not only are you wrong, you're loud wrong. Mm. And I was that for Nick Foles. Mm. Mm. That one I don't regret because he – good for him. He went on to have a great career. He proved me wrong. Byron Leftwich, that's the one I was loud wrong on. Mm. The longest, I thought he was going to be a great quarterback. And one of my friends uh, from Cincinnati reminded me last week at the wedding about – going on about Byron Leftwich for years and years and years and just being totally wrong. Mm. There was
2: a lot to like with Byron Leftwich.
4: I think I learned something from him. Like, I don't think I knew enough about football at the time to know that you can't take a long windup before you throw the ball.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll stick with quarterback Tom Brady, um, gradual – Decline. I stand by the logic. Even looking back now, it was before. This was going into the
5: 2018 season. This like, was
3: going into 17? what was their previous Super Bowl before this one? 2016. 20, 2016. 2017.
5: Coming out of 2016 after the Falcons, They've been in won? three in a row, so t- oh, 2016. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah.
3: So right. he was entering his, I believe, age 39 season, and and we had never seen Warren Moon had was functional, I believe, around that age. But I, I felt that this would be the year, or that would be the year that he fell off and. I think he started very slowly that year, and it wasn't looking too terribly. uh, But he came on like a banshee. I think he might have won MVP. I
2: I think he. I mean, he's been doing lots of things. He ended up performing uh, very well
3: uh, that year, won the Super Bowl, and I think he's been to two more since. Uh, So I think I got that one wrong. Now (laughs) uh, he is now in gradual decline, and and anyone who disagrees is just they got the blinders on because you know they are. Uh, Patriots fans and they can't see reality. But I was easily two years um, ahead of that in a bad way. But you I think, realize that's it's just because he's
1: getting old. You're like, oh, I can see it. It's like you're just fighting time. It's not like you that's are seeing was... this player going right. down. Right. Right.
3: I was banking on the history more. <laughs> I think he came
5: in plan. second for the MVP that year and then won it the next year. Right. So yeah, they've, they've made three straight Super Bowls since then. It
2: seems like it's a bit of an exhausting hill to stand on where you're sort of slow, in slow motion, rooting for the demise of someone who keeps hitting mountaintop moments over and over. <laughs> yeah, it and will and end, though.
5: It will end. The, the theory... This year. This has is to it. end. It's over now.
4: I have said that for five years.
5: This when, is it. When I... When I you know, we got we saw this question ahead of time. The the takes that hurt me the most were when I was doing fantasy football. Those would mm. keep me up at night when I really was on a, a hill for someone. You really and nailed then, Antonio Bryant. Would be it <laughs> would be wrong. One that stands out is Lamont Jordan. I think I mm. ranked him like fifth going into the season, and he was very generic, and that pained me. Ronnie Brown multiple times uh, pained me. Tatum Bell was one I I remember. Oh. You know, it's like, oh, Tatum Bell, he's going to have to beat Quentin Griffin. That'll be easy. He's going to be the next the Bronco Broncos system. back. And then it's like when you get those wrong, there wasn't even Twitter at that point, but you would just get 50 to 100 emails oh. of people that were uh,
3: upset. <laughs> so much more personal.
5: <laughs> right. It just like so many emails. And uh, especially when it was like a player that I legitimately really liked, like Lamont emails. Jordan and that Ronnie Brown. Serious. It like double
3: hurt. Kevin Barlow was one for me. Oh, yeah, yeah um <laughs> two more questions michael healy at michael j healy um mark this is actually directed at you but i'm curious what other people think who is your favorite spice girl um who is your favorite
2: because we girl? did discuss this a little downstairs and i i think that the 20 year old 20 something year old me was all about baby spice the 30 <laughs> something totally year old me was way into sporty spice But the me of today, and there's no one even close, Scary Spice, Mel B. I think she'd just be fun. She's got some skeletons in the closet. She's not going to judge you. She's just going to have a nice, she's going to have a good old time.
4: She's been number one on the list for me the whole time. That is
3: uh, really, Wes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mel B. Come on. I get it. Makes sense. By the way, I've never heard anyone pound the table for Sporty Spice.
2: Yeah. That's a first. I I think that's maybe the appeal is that it's not the one everyone's always going on about. It's like yeah, wow. I was definitely yeah. cliche ginger.
3: I I, I love the Jerry Hallowell.
2: I was no, about that's cliche.
5: Well, I would have thought I would have been uh, Victoria Beckham. What, what was Posh Posh Vice. Really? Huh? At the know. time, sure. I, I
4: don't find Posh to be attractive.
3: I mean, David Beckham does. <laughs> you're, you're digging Apparently. too deep here. Finally, last question. Good sp- oh, by the way, Vulture, uh, which is the New York Magazine uh, culture blog, just uh, ranked every Spice Girls song.
2: Every song?
3: Every song. Feels like a tiresome chore? I'll like two of them. Wannabe was number one, where it deserves to be. Got it right.
2: Feels like- How long does the list yeah. go oh, on anyone
5: that anyone knows? Maybe get more sleep oh, that we on, can right? there's,
2: there's
3: like five or six decent ones. There's only 38 Spice Girl songs. How about that?
5: still feels like a long assignment catalogs only that you know, yeah yeah <laughs> who would have thunk it you know
3: burned bright but brief <laughs> finally um, this one from our old friend uh, Tristan at reject underscore CKY what's the latest on the Delaware saga are your children still suffering at the hands of a merciless Greg Rosenthal whose children will they ever Ours. be happy again release the tapes
1: Help, please! I'm so hungry. We need your help. We need this. Come on, Greg. We are in the future.
3: <laughs>
1: Will you be my dad?
3: Um, we need of course, help, Greg. <laughs> Greg Delaware. Who asked? Will
5: you be my dad? <laughs> I think that had to be Jack, I believe. I think so.
3: Yeah. Um, of course, Delaware is your high school band uh, and a listener of the show throughout the option because Greg does not want to bring the tapes in. He doesn't want us to hear him singing uh, what, what was like kind of prog rock. Was that the best way to put <laughs> it? Mean, it was essentially
5: emo. nothing. It was like, uh, it was nothing.
3: Okay. Well, It was, it was,
5: like, was something. It was... Uh, I don't know.
3: And after years, we got Blue you feelings. finally to acknowledge that you actually have tapes in your possession. The original story is that they were lost to the sands of time. Maybe somebody else in the band had them. Now you're telling us that you have them and you don't want to share them, which is your right. I don't know that for sure. And I think it would be one tape, but yes. yeah. And it's your right not to play the tapes on our show. But then a listener threw it out there. Hey, what if we raised money for a charity uh, of Greg's Choosing in exchange for the tapes, which put Greg in a bit of a uh, morality mm. tough spot. Why don't
5: we just raise money for the an ethical it's, corner? You know, yeah. the definition <laughs> of charity is court. you're
3: doing something without expecting something back. So that's, that's but you know, that would that's be what do the it. kids are asking just, of just you. Do it. But that Release would be great. The tapes. And and if the world was just just charities for nothing else but charity, uh, and there's no strings attached, that'd be great. But that's not what's being laid out. There'd
4: never be an ice bucket challenge.
3: Right. What is that supposed to mean?
4: I mean, they—that you had to come up with an ulterior motive mm. to do charity.
3: Mm. So anything, any movement on that front? That I mean, <laughs> there hasn't been any movement now. Yeah. Mm. All right, we'll check in. Good question, Tristan. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it uh, for today's show. We got three shows next week. But Jack, if if you do need a new dad. <laughs> like- <laughs> You know,
5: we don't. We need an extra bedroom, but come on over. <laughs>
3: he just shows up at your door with a, <laughs> a pencil stick. Yeah. A stick. <laughs> um, all right. Um, yeah, we'll be back with three shows next week. Wes, you will be out of town on your honeymoon. I will be on a beach somewhere. Be well deserved. South of the border. Beautiful. Uh, but we will have some guests sitting in the west chair, starting with old friend Lindsay Rhodes. All it's right. Been a while since we. I had Lindsay here in the studio, so we're very excited. Um, And um, I'm sure there will be some other surprises along the way. So that's it for today's show. Stan Hedges is signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Monday!
5: Put your money where your mouth is. I didn't know this existed
4: until like the day after I got married.
5: Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, no. I forgot my manly band. You could get it. Go get it.
5: You might as well get
0: another one. Oh, no. I forgot my manly band. Oh, no. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,